Alrighty, welcome to episode three of the Double Ds. Uh, how you going, Declan? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. First day of school after being sick for a while, it's a good day back. How about you? Yeah, not too bad, just been at work and uh, thought we'd get back on here and do episode three. Um, episode two and one have been okay, getting some good reviews offline and off. And hopefully, um, yeah, this episode today is about the highest paid players in the league. Are they... The top 12 players, though, that's the uh, question. So these guys will get about a million bucks roughly a year, but are they the top 12 players in the league? So that's what we're going to talk about this afternoon. So, Declan, do you want to read out the top 12 highest paid players in the league for us? Yeah, we have Dustin Martin, Nathan Fife, Lance Franklin, Jeremy McGovern, Jeremy Cameron, Andrew Gaff, Josh Kelly, Patrick Dangerfield. Scott Penderbury, Marcus Bontempelli, Patrick Cripps, and Jared Pollack. Hmm. Alrighty. So, if you were to pick one player for your t- for your um, favorite team, who would out of that twelve would you pick? As in, would you would they be worth? A mil- would you pay them a million bucks to be part of your club? At, on this list. On that list, who would you pick for your? You had one million dollars to spend. Who would you pick? Um. I reckon I would go Patrick Cripps because he's just so influential on one team. Yeah, yeah, and he, plus he's young too, so you've got a lot of um, years ahead of you, so he's going to cost you a lot of money over the going forward. So a million bucks now might be worth a couple of million by the time he finishes his career. So, But definitely, um, I would, for me, if you're talking about young – I would go young player still because, yep, D- Dustin Martin, he does – he does Dustin Martin stuff. He's pretty dominant. Nat Fife, he's a little bit injury prone. So, and obviously Lance Franklin, he puts bums on seats, sells his shirts, but he also is injury prone too. So the person I would probably out of that list, I'd be uh, flipping a coin between uh, Patrick Dangerfield and uh, Marcus Bontempelli. Um, I think Marcus Bontempelli, as I said in the last episode. He's, for me, the um, Brownlow medal favourite for me due to the fact that I think they're going to win enough games. And if he's a million-dollar player and they're winning games, obviously the umpires are going to look at him. And I think he's the man I want in my team. Six foot four, plays midfield. Um, he's a bit ball winner as well. Ball winner. Kicks goals. Try, sort of off. kicks goals. If he kicked a bit straighter, he'd be a bit better. But other than that, he's actually not too bad. So, yeah. But Dangerfield... His um, he's marketability for Dangerfield is massive. He's on every TV show. Uh, for your advertising dollars, value for money, Dangerfield is the man on that list who will uh, generate the club income off the field. So for a million dollars for Dangerfield, probably translates into three or four times that what his salary is worth. So that's why I probably consider Dangerfield, not just for his games, but for his marketability. Um, and also on that list, we have Jeremy McGovern. I actually don't mind that as one of the highest plays in the league because I think um, at the West Coast Eagles, he would um, be up there with one of their best players because uh, the impact that he has on their team with his uh, overhead marking and uh, intercept marks uh, is crazy because he um, yeah just sets up their whole plays basically off that uh, back line um, and that's how they go forward from there because of him. But the, fu- the funny one on that list is um, the export power player um, Jared Pollock. So they're saying he earns 
close to a million dollars, if not a million dollars a year, which I don't believe it was in the last contract that he got. However, he's um, coming there at 12 on the list. And uh, yeah. would you go Ben? Oh, would, would you pay Ben Cunnington more than Pollock, or is Pollock probably that? I've, oh. I've never seen me as much of a Ben Cunnington fan, to be fair. Um, what about Ben Brown? Would you put Ben Brown ahead of uh, Pollock on the pay scale? Um, I don't know. I, I like Jared Pollock because he has a lot of run and speed, mm. and that's what North Melbourne need and all needed. And um, although he hasn't had the best uh, best season last season, uh, I feel like if he gets in his form, he can be uh, up there with the Dangerfields, Martins and Fifes. But um, he just doesn't win enough of the ball lately. Um, but, yeah, definitely if he gets in his form, I feel like he could be up there with one of the most paid. Yeah, because I think being the highest paid player in the league isn't about your on-field performance. There's a lot to do with what you can bring to the club. So, with Nat Fife, yes, he's a Brownlow medalist and all that, but what he brings to the club off the field, same as uh, Lance Franklin, he the amount of dollars he brings in people just to watch Lance Franklin, that's where the value in that million dollars comes from. It's not exact, and that's why when I see players like Jerry McGovern or Andrew Gaff on that list, is that are they worth that much money? Or for me, the value for money probably not. Because you want to be able to sell shirts, you want to be able to sell advertising space, and I don't think those two other faces, especially Jerry McGovern, great player, but I don't think that face is going to sell many shirts or get on many billboards or marketing campaigns. Maybe in Western Australia, but players like Dangerfield, he crosses all fields and recognisable across all states. Where I'm pretty certain if Andrew Gaff walked past most people, they wouldn't have a clue who he was. That's a bit rough. <laughs> well, well uh, uh, you'd probably you'd probably, uh, no, you'd probably notice his elbow or his uh, yeah fist, after but, the incident last couple of years. But yeah. I don't. Maybe in Melbourne they might notice him. But if you walk, but where Lance Franklin, he could be in uh, Northern Territory, Tasmania, and middle of the, middle of the desert, and I'm pretty certain they'll know who he was. So I reckon that's probably where the million dollars paying a player is more about actually their marketability. So if there's Player not on that list, Derek, that you thought would be up there, who would it be? Um, well, I that's actually a hard one because at the moment a lot of players are in form and a lot of players are out of form. But not um, just um play, there is actual marketing ability too. Who would you – so you just think about the bigger picture. Who would you put on the, as a bigger well, picture? Well, I've, I've seen Dustin Martin on a few ways. I've seen Nathan Fife around um, – I have actually seen Luke Hodge a few times. Obviously, he's not playing footy anymore because um, he's ancient. <laughs> um, he's just retired. I wouldn't say ancient. He probably can still do all right. <laughs> Maybe the Gold Coast could have, should have picked him up. Um, yeah, well, I think someone from marketability and who's um, good to watch. I love watching Charlie Cameron play at the Brisbane That Lions. is exactly who I was thinking of. I think Charlie Cameron is the next big breakout star. And I think on Robbie Gray this morning on SEN actually mentioned he wouldn't mind getting his shirt in the actual uh, uh, bushfire bash they're having, like the Vicks versus All-Stars game. So he was one of the players that actually Robbie Gray wants to, uh, shirts he wants to get. Uh, he is definitely yeah, he's, excite he's, machine. Yeah, he is he, an excite machine. Yeah. Like, I guess... Ha- you'd have to be nuts not watching him. Yeah, and I think he's one of their big chances for... Uh, 
for uh, Brisbane going forward this season. Also, the other player not on that list, which is I think it will get updated later on, but Brody Grundy, he's definitely. Oh yeah. And uh, what he brings to that club uh, or that team is uh, presence, again, ability, like, like, like and marketability. Uh, yeah. Jeremy McGovern, he starts up most of their plays there. He um, brilliant to watch, especially Adelaide boy. We love him. Um, but uh, yeah, his uh, on-field performance is brilliant, and then he's just such a good bloke in general. So uh, he's a good person to have around the club. Yeah, yeah. but like I said playing paying someone big bucks. But I don't think some of these. I think some of these players should be paid more. And I would almost like to see a salary cap outside of the salary cap. So it's actually, I know it's a bit of a a bit of a out, out there thought, but. Sometimes a salary cap can constrict marketability of players, and I'd like to see sometimes maybe a few players or a couple of players paid outside of the cap just to, uh, especially probably some of the lower teams, maybe if you fall in a bottom ranking of a consistent, you can then get higher salary cap so you can actually try to recruit bigger names to your club and pay them a bit more. I didn't. It sort of worked with Gary Ablett down at Gold Coast, but obviously... When he was injured, they weren't playing well. But when he uh, did play, the amount of Brownlow votes he picked up was ridiculous because he kept put keeping him in the game and uh, actually helping to win games. But so yeah, so players like Selwood's not on that list. Uh, I don't think Selwood's one, one of the guys though that would. Um, I wouldn't be seeing. I wouldn't be paying him uh, over eight hundred k. I don't think. No. Well, what about Danaher? Would you fit a Danaher? Would she? Would he be up there? Joe Danaher. Yeah. Mm, nah. Kelly. Oh, I guess. I guess uh, Kelly at West Coast now will actually. Oh, Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly. Yeah. So yeah. I reckon he will start. I don't know what he got this year going over, but um, I'm guessing he took a bit of a pay cut to go back for family because it's uh, his choice. But I reckon if he he's, he's getting a bit of an end of his. He's not old, but he's not young, so he won't be getting the highest. Wages, yeah, I'm pretty but, sure in his first season he was about 25. Yeah, so and plus I think he was on rookie contract, so he was on the bottom end. So, so I'm pretty certain the rookie, the, the rookie contract was um pretty close to about like chips, chip money. So like between uh, sixty thousand and two hundred grand, depending on how many games he played. So, uh, he would have been an absolute bargain out at Geelong. So, but then, yeah. So it's interesting seeing who the players are, and then seeing the actual success of these uh, teams. Going forward, so you've got Dustin Martin, the highest paid player. They've won a couple of premierships. Nat Five, they got to a premiership a few years back. Sydney got to a premiership a few years back with uh, Lance Franklin. Well, he, he won one at Hawthorne anyway. Yeah, but when he went with the million dollar deal, they did get to a uh, final, but obviously. And then lost to us. And lost to Hawthorne. And then, yeah, but you also got like West Coast paying two players and GWS paying two players. Josh Kelly and uh, Jeremy Cameron. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Lockie Whitfield on that list from GWS. Yeah, yeah. So the reason is, is it a strategy to, as a team, do you buy the best players, pay the most money for them, and then build a team around that? Or should you then or try to get all the players under your cap at a reasonable level so they're all reasonably the same, so no one's better than everybody else? But looking at this list... If you look at the uh, the players on the list and where they finished in the last few years, so you've got Richmond, uh, Sydney, West Coast, GWS, Collingwood, 
Geelong. But then, but then you have North Melbourne, Carlton, Bulldogs. Yeah, but they're, they're only, three that's three out of the 12. Oh, so. But then out of those plays, you've got Patrick Coops, Marcus Bonham, Kelly, and Nat Fife. Nat Fife, two Brownlows now. Two Brownlows, exactly. Yeah. And what he brings to the club isn't just... Uh, and and what you think, Marcus Bonapelli Brownlow this year? Oh, 100 percent. He is uh, he not a lock, but I reckon if you've got a couple of bucks spare and you want to get on early, I'd I'd probably put him in my top five this season. Top five, if top, top one, <laughs> six foot four midfield, winning the ball, and a winning team. If they go anywhere near like they did last year, I reckon he yeah, is back in the last season. This is, he's uh, primed to get votes this year. Like He's not going to get missed by the um, umpires this year this time. So he's been missed a couple of times by the umpires. Oh, I wouldn't but I reckon – but he should be uh, very, very, very competitive. For the well, he's also got um, – who was playing well last year for the Dogs? Uh, Jack, Jack McRae and Jack Dunkley uh, yeah. from the Dogs. They were racking up heaps of touches. Um, so taking votes off him, you reckon? Yeah. yeah. But um, – he, I reckon he leaves that side uh, with perfection. Yeah, I, I think Bondapelli is the man this year. I think he is going to be, as I said, the golden child for uh, the AFL. Um, yeah, I reckon that's about it for this afternoon. We've had a good little discussion about who we think, why they're the best paid players and what they bring to each of their clubs. And, uh, yeah, I reckon um, we might have a chat about the uh, after the uh, All Star and uh, Victorian uh, State of Origin bushfire appeal match and uh, yeah, see yeah. how that went as a little bit of a wrap up. Yeah, maybe, maybe a bit of the draftees as well. Yeah, and have a quick chat, see how the draftees are going. So, um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll uh, come back to you soon. See ya.